Dimp Digital presents Idle Game Chat. Cool. from Dimp Digital. Welcome to Idle Game Chat. This is Dimp Digital's flagship video game podcast where we take you through the ups and the downs of the video game world. We are here on your favourite podcast app and YouTube absolutely free. However, if you want to support us, grassroots, independent endeavour is what we are. Patreon.com forward slash Dimp Digital is the place to go and you can put your hand in pocket for the court muni. Logan back in the hot seat i absolutely got in a state there which is why i didn't i wasn't planning to do the intro you know before we had our break of two weeks because of the bank holidays mm. we sort of operated on a sort of dive into a subject straight away no intro and then do the intro later and i got so mm. confused by what had happened with all this obs stuff and things weren't working that i just completely had to just go back to basics so it's the original programming yeah, and if I'd actually, again, it all comes back to plan. If I'd actually planned things properly, like mm. a, I should do, then it wouldn't have been a problem because even the uh, the starting topic would have been just ingrained in my brain. But once again, I've opened up whatever document I use just to reference the, the subjects and it's almost blank. So we're staring down the barrel of a return that's going to be rusty and unplanned. It feels like it's ages since we last recorded. Um I don't know. I mean, it, to be fair, it's not ages. It's a fair few weeks, but um, it does. It it's surprisingly easy, I think, to get out of the out of the habit, and then sort of you have to kickstart the system again to get it all going. Yeah, there was a, there was definitely a thought of just never coming back. Like it did cross my mind over two weeks. I thought, well, what would what would just... happen? Nothing really in reality. <laughs> Nothing will go wrong. Just would anyone notice? Again, probably not. But I thought, you know what? Let's just get back on the bandwagon and see how it goes. And then we've got another bank yeah. holiday coming up. Yes. So it's, it's, it'll be what? So it'll be the 29th, that bank holiday. So that Monday, there won't be an episode. So mm. for the patrons, the 27th is when that normally drops. So we've got a couple of weeks in and then another bit of feet up. Yeah. So Ideal, some are saying. We should have one a month. What a monthly podcast. Yeah. Probably still go on too long. It would. Yeah, absolutely. Ten hours. Cool. Make your way through that. <laughs> I was thinking the other day, the longest I've played a game like without stopping. Like obviously I've stopped like go to the toilet yeah. and stuff, but like that mm. that that's part of it, but like stayed on it and just gone back to it like almost immediately after quickly eating or drinking. And I think mm. it's I think I've done twelve hours before, like mm. easily. Like I think what we did on Outriders because that got that silly, was, didn't it? That was a long that's one. That's probably the, the longest one in recent memory. Mm. Um, it's tricky though because you think sometimes I would have played various different games throughout a day yeah and you know if I have a 10 minute break does that constitute a break I mean an unbroken I mean I could have gone from like 8 in the morning at some points to like if it, especially back in those destiny days when we were doing raids yeah I reckon I could have done on and off gaming all day until 2 or 3 in the morning silly isn't it yeah I mean it, it's it can it can blow like it will just end up affecting your enjoyment of the game eventually 
which is how it go- went with Outriders, unfortunately. There's only mm. so much of the best game of all time that you can play before you think, I'm sick of this. Yeah. Right. I think, I, I mean, I, I've definitely learned as I've got a bit older to put things down when I ain't enjoying it or when I, I like I sense I go right I'm feeling a bit fatigued but yeah I go, if I think back to how much I used to grind Call of Duty 4 at times like online and stuff like I just nowadays just would just be like no at the point that I feel like um it's a chore I stop yeah yeah I struggle still especially when I get to what I perceive to be the end of the game mm. I think oh on the home stretch I could finish this tonight Mm. And inevitably, because they love a rug pull, these games, it ain't nowhere near the end. And it's it's 15 hours. I remember one time, this is actually The Witcher 3. That's a long game. I was going on holiday the next day. And then I just got a whiff about sort of eight o'clock. I was like, oh, I could finish this. Mm. Like, this could be done before I go on holiday, which would be perfect. And it turned out it was a rug pull. It weren't the ending. I thought, Mm. well, I can't be that far from the end. And honestly, I played it from eight until about four in the morning to finish it. And in the end, I had to get up at six to to go and get that flight. And I was absolutely Mm. blown to smithereens. It was the worst decision I ever made um, because I just rushed through that last part of the game as well and then never went back to it. So there's all this stuff that I probably missed as well. Mm. It's tricky because sometimes you do just get to a point where you just go on this off the off the plate now off the menu whether it's a good game or not um and yeah you end up forcing it all good things have to come to an end indeed yeah quite right what is the undisputed best way to start a podcast well we know what that is here at idle game chat it's delay news and (laughs) it's not a major delay we're not looking at you know silly big time delays for this particular one but it's worthwhile just checking in on Hollow Knight Silk Song, okay, little no, little indie title that Hall has got on his Grand Prix team and Parky has got on his main team. We got a little tweet from a chap named Matthew Griffin, who according oh, Griff. to his, oh Griff, according to his marketing material, sorry, according to his Twitter, sorry, he's marketing and publishing mm. for Hollow Knight Silk Song at Team Cherry Games and something else for Mongoose. Ray Rodeo, I don't know what that is. Anyway, he's, he's, he's part of that team doing the marketing. Hey gang, just a quick update about Silk Song. We had planned to release in the first half of 2023, but development is still continuing. We're excited by how the game is shaping up and it's gotten quite big, so we want to take the time to make the game as good as it can be. Expect details from us once we get closer to release. So that's a little nice delay from those guys. It's actually coming to Game Pass day one. Uh, Hollow Knight Silk Song, and my understanding is it started off as a DLC expansion for Hollow Knight, the OG, and then has grown into a a sequel side of things. I've actually got it on the Switch, the the original. Never played it because the Switch doesn't get turned on, <laughs> and it may not get turned on even despite recent releases, but. Um, Silk Song I mean this isn't up your these are 2D Metroidvania games it's not on your radar I would assume it would have gone on Game Pass though and it will sorry it will go on Game Pass so maybe you know I think I've toyed with Hollow Knight before maybe on the OG Um, I don't think those sort of games particularly appeal to me though Mm. they're hard it's a hard game as well it's big 
Adcock, I think, got 75% through it and then didn't finish it. He made that mistake of stopping. It's one of those games, if you don't go back to it, you know, mm. in that time period, you're going to be under the cosh. So mm. that was a blow for him. Anyway, expect to see Hollow Knight Silk Song sometime this year. It feels like it's been teased and release dates have been coming out for at least two years running. But I believe someone was saying the team is like three people. Um <laughs> So Mad, that it? might be why. Uh, maybe they've scaled up for the sequel. Oh, that could just be complete bollocks. It's another thing mm. about the internet. It's not really regulated. Reliable. No, it's not reliable mm. either, unfortunately. We'll see. We do have a handful of games to get through some reviews on. Obviously, we've got a little bit of a back... Well, it's not really a backlog. It's only three. I thought there was going to be more since we're two weeks off, but some are slightly older than the other. So what we've got here, we've got three games, Logan. I'll let you choose the direction here. Mm-hmm. Do you want to start with the best, start with the worst, or start with the one in the middle? So I I want it to start at the top, and then we can slowly descend. get worse. Yeah. Okay, we'll start at the top. Unsurprisingly, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. The reviews are out. The game is out. People are playing it. People are loving it. The critics certainly love it. As I reload Open Critic, just in case it's changed, I don't think it will, it's sitting on a 97, which is in your team. This You're sitting there. Highest scoring game of all time. At the moment, it it is the highest scoring game of all time on Open Critic. Now, we'll qualify this because there's things that need to be brought up about. As I saw news articles being written about it being the highest scoring game of all time, I was like, well, that's great. 62 reviews at the moment. Okay, mm. the next highest game on Open Critic is Super Mario Odyssey. 157 reviews. So let's yeah. not pop the champagne bottles just yet. <laughs> let's wait till we get 150 odd and just make sure because there's always going to be some snide fucker that will try and jump Shit, the numbers. Yeah, they'll see. Mm. They'll, honestly, I think someone will see that and go, "Well, I was going to give that a nine. I might give it an eight just to just to tug it." And you'll get traction because it's <laughs> going to be the outlier, isn't it? If you're thinking about clicks. Yeah, yeah. Would you would you not consider that probably most overrated game of all time? Question mark. Yeah, exactly. That'll be in the review, and then you see like a seven out of ten or something, and it'll get up people's yeah. ass. But Breath of the Wild had 172 reviews, so we're a little ways away, I think, from it settling. We've seen. Yeah. It started out at 98 originally, but that was with 20 odd reviews, and it's it's gone to a Eurogame are crapping on it, pulling well, it Euro- down one. Interesting. Euro- I think that's Eurogamer's first review since they moved to the five star rating, which I know you're a huge fan. Of, of people using um, mm. because previously they just used they used badges they just said uh, like essential or recommended or avoid or there was no badge and um, mm. they've got a new editor-in-chief there and they've decided to go for the four out of well the five out of five star system um, don't know mm. if they're going to be using 0.5s or not I would say I would say they're not because you'd think that Tears of the Kingdom would be a 4.5 potentially. So mm. maybe they're just going to use round numbers. But no, we're sitting, staring down the barrel of a 97. It's going to be in and around that number. That's a huge win for you in that fantasy gaming league, isn't it? And it gets Adkins off the, to the best possible start. Yeah. Finally, May the fucking 12th, Adkins gets a game on the list. He's spent almost half the year with feet up and it's a yeah. 97 for him. How do you feel about that? That was your number one pick. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's... Yeah. Is a reason why you picked it there, and um, did I pick? Did I pick the game? I'm sure I did. Or I think did I not. I believe because you wouldn't have picked Biff as your first person. 
I'm pretty sure I picked game, not you put, person. You, yeah, so it yeah. ended up that Parky got to pick the first team member, which he chose Adkins. Yeah. Um, and then you got to pick the first game. So I think mm. all things I mean, considered, always, yeah. that should be the top game. And it looks like you've... That's, that's all you can ask for when you get that position. Pick the highest scoring game of the year. And it seems like it felt an obvious one, but you never mm. know. And trust in your gut. So it seems like it's paid off here. It's as close to a banker as you're going to get. Yes. I think it it, 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 it seems that way. Um, you, never, you can never trust these individuals in that, in that gaming league to... To pick the obvious choice, um, Adcock obviously is a bit of a a, a rogue at times. Biff can pick strange games. Like everyone's capable of trying to be, I wouldn't say too clever, but not pick the obvious choice sometimes. And yeah. I just thought this one always seemed like it was going to be like low nineties at least yeah. from my perspective. Um, so yeah, the fact that it's the highest scoring game currently of all time on on the site is a real boon. Absolutely. Let's take a look at some of the reviews. What I've decided to do is change it up a little bit. You know, I'd, I'd normally sort the review synopsis by mm. uh, most popular. Now I'm going to mm. pick one or two from the highest and one or two from the lowest, so we get the balance. Yeah. So rather than just being all tens, we're going to get we're going to probably get a, a lower rated review at some point. But IGN come out on top of the top reviews. Ten out of ten. No surprise there. They hand ten out of tens like they're going out of fashion. <laughs> the likes of Pentiment and Deathloop and all sorts of strange things seem to get 10 out of 10s these days. So it doesn't mean as much as it probably once did. But nonetheless, Tom Marks comes along. The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is an unfathomable follow-up, expanding a world that already felt full... <laughs> They already felt full beyond expectation and raising the bar to even higher into the clouds. I mean, that, that Breath of the Wild, one thing it didn't feel was full... It felt empty. That was one of the, the key criticisms. I don't know what Tom's talking about there, but a nice 10 out of 10 there. Uh, next 10 out of 10 we got Game Central, which, as I've alluded to in the past, the Nintendo site, this has not got the Nintendo badge on it. No surprise that it's got top marks there. An excellent sequel and one of the best Zelda games ever made. A follow-up that builds upon and refines the achievements of the original while adding many new and equally innovative ideas of its own. So, yeah, if you're a fan of the first one, it sounds like you're going to be a fan of this one. Or the same. We've shit bolted on top for you. <laughs> Off you go. Here's the lowest review. It actually is Eurogamer. Four out of five stars, which converts to an eight out of ten, which gets people's backs up. Edwin Evans mm. Thurwell. Thurwell? T-H-I-R-L well. Thoroughly, I mean, thoroughly well. I can't do that one. Thorough, thorough, thorough. Sorry, Edwin van der Sar. <laughs> a terrific, a terrific Breath of the Wild follow-up with some brilliant new systems, amazing views, and more dungeon-type spaces. It doesn't go quite as far to say they've solved that particular gripe, but an improvement. Plus, a steadily, uh, sorry, a slightly deadening, deadening emphasis on gathering resources. Now that last bit doesn't sound particularly interesting. I don't want to be. Gravening resources in a Zelda game, do I? I don't know, you tell me. Ain't my bag, is it really Zelda? Why is it not your bag? Because this could be another Elden Ring where you just crap on it consistently. I don't know. Like, Did you try Breath I, of the Wild? No. No. I mean, I'm not ruling it out, but... Look at that switch sometimes. Say, look, let's have a look. Oh, but it's just such a shit console Get to the play youngster involved. 
And it like it really is just a shit console to play games on. I think that is the ultimate big problem for it is that well, it's handheld, isn't it? That's the trouble. It's yeah. handheld that they've basically put HDMI pass through to go on your telly. Yeah. Like, well, and I've never, I've, I, I, I don't know. I just think looking at that little screen, <coughs> even if it's the upgraded Switch Pro or whatever they call it, yeah, it's just the worst way to play a game, and to then give it a ten out of ten on it, it just seems. I just hate the fact that my neck's crooked over like that. Like, I can't do not... handhelds. I don't understand. I know it's popular. Yeah. I just yeah, I really can't get comfortable, and it really it gives no. me, like you said, neck ache. It, and the thing is, it's slightly too heavy. Like with the old style handhelds, you could like lay back, you could play it like that. You could, you, but because it's like you're like this with it, it's like holding a book open, and it's got some weight to it. Like I, just, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not ruling it out, but if I play it, I play it in in docked mode. Yeah, yeah. And again, it just it just doesn't. I don't. I don't know. It just doesn't make the best out of the technology that I've got. But anyway. Yeah. So and going back to the history of it, um, whenever I used to pick up a Game Boy or or play a Nintendo, it's for Mario or Pokemon. It was like Zelda for me was never um, the go-to game. I just mm. didn't, just didn't appeal. So I just never got into it, really. No, it's um, it's interesting because it's it's clearly resonating with a lot of people. And um, mm. Breath of the Wild. I absolutely, except I'm in the minority, by the way. Like mm. I don't, I'm not sitting here thinking everyone's mad. It, it, it's just my own. I just, I remember the game of just going through grass with <laughs> and being hidden in grass, and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> Uh, but I was very young at the time as well, so can, that has to be said. You can do that now in the open world if you want to hide in the grass and you can eat a mushroom to make your stealth more improved, you know? No. no. no I, I, it's just, I don't know. vehicles in this, I've seen all sorts. No. Maybe, I don't know, maybe at some point, I'd, if there was nothing else going on, I'd give Breath of the Wild a go. I've toyed with it, I yeah. will say. I've toyed with the idea of at least dabbling to go, is this my bag or not but yeah. um yeah it's at the worth, moment it's uh, it's worth trying to get after that adkins and borrowing it off him when he's mm. done with it eventually i'd say just because you never know you might play 10 hours of it and go i'm fucking bored which is fine yeah. but it might just capture you and you might be like cool but it's possible yeah I, I, I don't rule anything out um but yeah i have toyed with the idea of going going to play breath of the wild yeah um and just going, is this, is this for me or not? And then yeah. make a decision. But yeah. I haven't really got to that point yet. No. So my could plan be the new God of War. Could be for me. Could be. My plan for this is to sit tight on it. Mm. I'm not I've gone back to Persona Five Royal. Dangerous. Like, yeah, I've done well though this last week or so. Like managed to get back in the flow of that. I was playing it once a week just to keep my brain concentrated and i got really for some reason resident evil 4 really just slowed my gaming progress down like i just i love the game and, I, and there'll be at some point we'll be sharing some impressions hopefully me and that pac-man fuck mm. but um for some reason i just played it really slowly and uh then i didn't i didn't want to play it anywhere in any time outside of like night because i wanted yeah. to have the atmosphere and all that shit i tried to play it in the day one time on the weekend and yeah, the glare, the, this room doesn't block out the light terribly, mm. but like it's still enough to, in certain areas, I was like, well, that's annoying me. So mm. anyway, I'm 
going off on a tangent that's nothing to do with this. The plan for Tears of the Kingdom is to sit and wait until I've at least done uh, Persona 5 Royal. Yeah. Then see what... The next one for me that I'm personally been targeting is Final Fantasy 16. Mm. Um, so that's likely to be the next game, but we'll, we'll see. Um, but really, for Tears of the Kingdom, I'm what I want to do is wait until this time next year and see if or when they've announced any sort of hardware iteration of the Switch mm. and see perhaps whether the next generation or whatever they decide to do next comes with some improvements that might enhance this particular game. Mm. Because I think if I can just be patient, there's a good chance that I get to play, quote-unquote, a definitive version of this or a objectively better version of it because perhaps the upscaling mm. on the resolution is higher. Perhaps they've managed to introduce a higher frame rate mode. I don't know. But that's what I'm kind of holding out for. Mm. Which, normally, you know, in years gone by, I'd have bought this now and tried to play it. And then I'd have yeah. bought Resident Evil 4 and tried to play that. I'd have bought Final Fantasy VI. Like, and I'd have just been stacking up these games. So this is, mm. this is tough to not just dive into, even though I'm not the biggest fan of Breath of the Wild. But mm. this new system of playing needs to be implemented somewhere. And this is a good starting point. If I can show some patience here, you know, Switch 2 comes out and they're like, yep, yeah, got mm. a proper console edition coming with some bells and whistles that will pay off on a on a 4K OLED potentially, bundle in Tears of the Kingdom. But that's a good starter game. Yeah. That's I the mean, plan. I- <laughs> do I stick to that or not? That's your, that's your question. Or do I crumble uh, and just... I think it depends on the pipeline and whether that is yeah. filled up with games that you'd rather play ahead of this. I mean, I think it feels wishful thinking that this time next year we'll have a, a new Switch console. Oh, yeah. I think, I don't know if we will have it, but I think we'll know about it. So mm. then once I've got the breadcrumb of, mm, actually, I'm not so convinced about that. You're right. <clears throat> I think, I, I know that... Late 2024, I feel appears, that's going to be the... It appears they're yeah, working least. on something. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah, through yeah. that, the, some breadcrumbs that have crump, come out. But I think if that, I my personal feeling would be, if there was something like that coming, they would have held back, either held back Breath of the uh, Tears of the Kingdom, and or done it again, or done yeah, release the, release the console with Breath of the Wild, which is what they did last time. Maybe yeah. the, maybe that's what Mario will be. Maybe the follow up to Odyssey will be that. Yeah, possibly. That's, that's due as well. Yeah. I mean, that's been six yeah, years. Is, yeah. Like, yeah. what's been cooking up there? So, mm. it's interesting. It's kind of getting to the point of the Switch where it's starting to get a bit interesting of what they might do next. But how old is this Switch? Like the OG version, 20, six or seven years? It's, yeah, so it's, it was March 2017. So yeah, yeah, six. So it'll be seven. Is that right? And it was fucking undercooked when they released it then, so... Yeah. It was, but the thing was back then is that we didn't have the Series X or the PS5 either. We had those pro mm. versions, and everyone was talking mm. about 4K, but everything was still running mostly at 30 frames per second. Yeah, 1080p, um, yeah. And then since the PS5 and Xbox Series X, you know, the 60 FPS has become a bit of a a call for some people and that's that's where I'm mm. personally struggling I don't even think this next switch will resolve that to be honest but <clears throat> I, can live, Unlikely. I, can live and I can live and hope mm. can't I that, that might be better and if if I can be mm. patient for 18 months then long term I'll benefit by just being able to yeah. jump into this game and it I think that's being... ambitious oh no I agree I, I, I agree yeah. but I mean I no rush to play it either it's not like no. I'm 
I'm like, you wait until Adkins starts crowing about it, going, "Oh, yeah, I know." But Adkins can't be trusted because he'll say that, and then in six months, I'll ask him about it, and he go, "Yeah, it weren't that good." And then that, that'll ha- that's how it'll be. It'll just be caught up in this '97 rated game. bias. Yeah, same with Adcock as well. He's like, oh, I don't even like Breath of the Wild that much because it was wasn't like traditional Zelda. And then he's crowing about. It. He hasn't even put the fucking game in the system yet. <laughs> so you get these weird little hype things that seem to pop up. I'm like, just yeah, think yeah. about how you felt about it, honestly. Did you really mm. love it that much? No. Mm. So don't tell me that it's unmissable. <laughs> we'll see. They're not to be trusted, though. I no, talk to them you're quite every, right. every game that they play now asks for some sort of rating to be implemented. And some of the crap that comes out of their mouth, I think, good Lord. <laughs> Don't trust them at all. Anyway, <laughs> Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is out. It's going to be huge. It's going to suck mm. the oxygen out of the room. So don't expect yeah. to hear about anything else in the news cycles. Be interested to see how well it ages because sometimes there's a honeymoon period and then after a few mm. months people go, yeah, yeah, that combat wasn't that good actually. Or there's suddenly people are allowed to start airing grievances about getting fucking shot by the Nintendo fanboys. But yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. We will see for sure. Uh, well, even even Salmon, who's probably listening three weeks later, he thought Breath of the Wild was over the rate, overrated, and he's missed the Nintendo. I mean, it all comes out. And the I'm wash getting eventually. told off for poking fun at it by him. I'm like, hang on a minute. You're poking the bear, though, aren't you? That's the trouble. That's true. And then they'll come out to defend it, irrespective. Um, As they so, should, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, next game on the docket. Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Another game on your bloody fantasy gaming league. Biff this time gave you this one. Mm. Um, it has gone down slightly. It's on an 85. It was on like an 86 yeah. earlier on, but that's still, you know, the, the, the requirement given to you. Mm. Um, let's do a couple of reviews. Let's do... Okay, you get to make the next choice. Do we stick to only selecting... Outlets that use the 10 scoring system or... No. Okay. So here's the, the reviews, the highest reviews from... Yep. This one's from The Guardian, so your favourite paper. Oh, Rick Lane. just buy it off. Respawn Entertainment sequel is a huge improvement over Jedi Fallen Order and a virtual blockbuster without compromise. Not a lot of substance there from Rick. Uh, CG Magazine, 10 out of 10. Expertly expanding on its predecessor, Star Wars Jedi Survivor is not only one of the best Star Wars games to date, but a masterclass in blending genres, pacing, and emotional gut punches. And then let's find one from the lowest score. Six! Now we've got, yeah, we've got, we've got a three out of five score here. Six out of ten. David James from We Got This Covered. Again, these are all top critics, apparently. <laughs> Star Wars Jedi Survivor does so much right in continuing Cal Kestis' Kestis's story, delivering the best lightsaber combat in a game to date, along with some huge environments to explore. Sadly, it's also launching with a bevy of technical issues and frame rate problems that will provide the worst experience for early adopters. Players deserve better. I like that. Yeah. I like that he's gone there and said, yeah, it's all these great things, but sadly, it's launched with these issues, and therefore... Rather than getting a four or five out of stars, I'm going to give it a three, which I think is completely fair. And that's the one yeah. thing I wanted to talk to you about of this one. It's, it's We've had inside knowledge mm. from, uh, who is it, Biff and Adkins that are playing yeah. this. Both mm. complain about performance issues for this game. Yeah. Um, 
it feels it's almost lucky to get an 85 at this stage, given how widespread it appears, and that the PC version was, and probably still is, to a certain extent, broken. Yeah. Like, I've heard this, and I've seen some of the uh, tearing and whatnot, and it's not insignificant, shall we say. Like, it's mm. it's pretty bloody significant as well. Yeah. But I think <clears throat> it's predominantly on the PlayStation side. I okay. think so from you're, what you're, I've... You're playing fat console fanboy wars. No. <laughs> so I, I'm not saying it's perfect, but I think it's worse on PlayStation and PC, obviously, is just broken. But yeah. that's from what I've heard. I haven't played it. I don't know how much substance there is in it, but I think it is optimised worse on the PlayStation than even worse on PC. But it's still unexcusable for someone like EA, right? I think, oh, yeah. you know, it, it, it should be... It should be in a much better state, and I think that is fair and more reflective of what I'd expect from a review, to be honest, for something that has got such fundamental issues, on, especially on a PlayStation at launch. What do you think about those 10 out of 10s there? Because they must have run into those issues and yet seemingly excused mm. it, and on, on the assumption that the game will eventually be fixed or maybe be fixed when it goes into players' hands. But is there a... You have to judge what's in front of you. Yes, yes, That's, that's the problem. You can't judge on what it could, would, might be. You have to judge on what they have released to be reviewed by you and tell people honestly about this is the experience I had when I played it. There's mm -hmm. no point in ignoring things because then I pick it up now and go, hang on a minute, what's going on here then? Yeah. It ain't, yeah. In, ain't in the review. Um, no. So... It's a tricky one because I can understand if you pick it up perhaps in six, 12 months' time and that ain't there and yeah. you're going, there's all this screen tearing. You go, well, I didn't see that. What load of old shit? Like, I, I don't know what the, the answer is, but you have to caveat the review with saying, at the time that I reviewed this, mm. there were significant technical problems at launch and I can only judge it based on what they've given to me. What if in good faith they just didn't notice the issues or they're not as sensitive to the issues as perhaps... Who'd be bloody reviewing it then? Well, yeah. <laughs> If you're not if you're not paying attention, then what what are you doing? That's <laughs> what your job is. That's what you're there to do. Um, I always encourage people just to either find the Digital Foundry video if it's out or read mm. the article. Just check, just temperature check, because they are there's them and others that do it, but they're the ones I use. Mm. They will highlight this stuff without you know, mm. without prejudice. It's like it doesn't matter what the game is, if it's toot and struggling, mm. you'll hear about it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really useful intel for people that are taking the plunge day one, 70 UK pans. Mm. And then you've got Biff and Adkins really, I can hear from their, what they've been saying to us. They love the game, but they're really yeah. disappointed in the technical issues. It's just getting in the way of what would be really mm. good game of the year contender. Yeah. And we shouldn't be in that situation. No, I mean, you know, arguably, if you're aware, similarly to how I would be, it's kind of like, oh, you know, at some point, perhaps I was thinking about picking it up. I wouldn't yeah. have picked it up day one. I'll go, well, I'll wait until they've done something about that. Yeah. Um, so it does sour the experience. Um, it's a shame. And again, how's that getting past Q QA? Easy. Well, apparently get that, so. Get that AI to do it. Maybe the AI is doing it, and that's what's caused the problem. It's not <laughs> again, I don't know. I see what the issue is. No, don't understand, do they? Still what's what's the screen tearing? No crashes yeah. here. Um, so I will be hopeful. I'll I will definitely be playing this at some point. <clears throat> mm. I don't know if it's this year again. I'm not going to make predictions on where I end up falling, but I really do want to play this. Having seen the technical issues, I feel vindicated in not 
taking the plunge day one and just sticking to my guns mm. and you know for those that have taken the plunge I hope they can fix it sooner rather than later so you can enjoy it without those issues but just another notch in the let's wait and see because in a few months the game will be in a better state for me mm. to play objectively um, and it'll probably be cheaper as well so the wait and see approach is largely the one that pays dividends these yeah. days I don't see you know okay you 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 don't jump on a hype train and you, you miss oh, out a little bit. You miss out on a little bit of it. But you, as you say, you end up objectively playing a better game yeah. if you wait yeah. in most scenarios. I told you, there's a, I don't know if I said it actually, there's a, there's a Reddit thread or Reddit board or whatever they call it called Patient mm. Gamers. And it's literally <laughs> just people that play games that are like years old and they're like, oh, I've just played this for the first time in 2023. <laughs> it's like from 2017. <laughs> but everyone's saying it's broken. It's like, well, it was. It's not anymore. Yeah. Oh, everyone said No Man's Sky is a load of shit. I'm loving it. And I was like, well, that game's fundamentally different because you've been patient. So I would encourage people where possible to do that. But I know it's difficult. You know, mm. even with Resident Evil 4, that wasn't technically perfect. No. That no. was, you know, Xbox, for example, had control issues. The dead zone was too big. I mean, what a mm. weird issue to have. PlayStation had image quality problems. So I was playing through that and I was like, fucking Leon's fuzzy air. And I was like, well, this isn't optimal, but. That'll teach me for taking the plunge day one. What about you with, with this one then? Star Wars mm. Jedi Survivor. Did you play? No. What are no. you doing? This yeah. is like surely peak Logan Star Wars. Like third per. Yeah. Like, what's going on? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why that. It's on. It's it on bloody good. Game Pass. The first one. I, Sixty you know FPS mode added. It was funny that you should say that because I was literally obviously just going through uh, through the Mandalorian at the minute as well for the first time. No. Um, and Get I was off like, that ship. It was sink. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can't believe I'm not playing these Star Wars games. So what I will say is watch this space. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. I mean, the original is good enough to play, I think. I, basically, what I'll, I'll do is I think I'll go back, play the original, see yeah. how I get on with it. Yes. Um, be tempted to wait potentially for, for this to come onto the old EA, um, EA Play Game yeah. Pass thing. Um, but I could, if I enjoy it enough, be tempted to, to at some point in the future, dip my toe. Um, but yeah, watch this space. Absolutely. Well, we've, that was the mid-review. That was for Star Wars Jedi Survivor sitting on an 85. We now have to address Redfall. Oh, dear. Yeah. I'm glad I waited for this. Sitting on a 59. That is mad. Isn't it? I mean... Considering you and I were talking about this, you know, a month. Oh, it might six replace the division. No, yeah. no. I mean, it's literally just a no chance at this stage. And by the sounds of it, it ain't gonna be. They ain't gonna be working on the fundamentals. So dead in the water is what I would call it. Absolutely. Let's get some review perspective. I'm going to pick Robert Zach mm. from Jewel Shockers, which is interesting because it's a. I don't know if it's PlayStation affiliated, as in the. I don't think they're affiliated with PlayStation directly. But Jewel Shockers, the name suggests to me they they would lean coverage towards a PlayStation yeah, yeah, ecosystem. Yeah. Um, whether that's true or not, I don't know. Someone can correct me. But Robert Zach mm. from Jewel Shockers here with the the review. This is on the positive side. This is one of the more positive ones. Redfall is an open world shooter where you can creep through a spooky mansion alone at night, then link up with some friends to take on a giga vampire in another dimension. It's weird and it's the right kind of weird. 8.5 out of 10. 
Mm. So we've got an average of 59 there, and you think that's going to be the outlier, and it absolutely is, because when we go into the lower end, <laughs> God almighty, I mean, look at two out of tens, three out of tens. Let's find something that will resemble... Two out of ten? Yeah, I mean, it's really... It, it, it struggled badly, unfortunately. Uh, IGN, Luke Riley, four out of ten he's given it. Nigen don't give four out of tens generally. Yeah. Red four is a bafflingly baffling, bafflingly bad bafflingly. Bafflingly. Mm. Bad time across the board. Played with bland <laughs> missions, boneheaded enemies, and repeated technical problems. Redfall simply wasn't ready for the daylight in this state. And then PC gamer Tyler Culp. Redfall's empty open world, flimsy shooting, and soiled systems make for a flat, dull experience. 44 out of 100. So, this has obviously been a lot of things spoken. I went on the Pixel Pints podcast to talk about Redfall and Xbox and to basically take a big old shit over him because it's just not... Mm. It's not of any close... It's not close to any sort of standard that a first-party studio should be dumping out onto their platform, particularly when, you know, the, the, the criticism levied at Xbox has been, yes, you can get these mid to lower end budget games, which like the hi-fi rushes that are mm. 30 UK pounds, the pentiments that are 15 UK pounds in the store. But when you're asking for 70 UK pounds, you haven't produced the goods. In fact, you mm. produced none of those in 2022. And this was mm. one of the games that was re- delayed out of that. When you finally do deliver a 70 UK pound market seller, mm. it comes out to a 59. Yeah. You're the Xbox man here. I've mm. got an Xbox but you're the one who gets the Xbox first and then gets the PlayStation afterwards. I'm beginning to yeah. wonder why you do that. So because... am I. <laughs> so, yeah. It's strange, isn't it? I mean, um, you know, I think we've both lis- listened to what Phil's said. Oh. Um, and, you know, to be fair to Phil, he's coming out, hands up, going, look, I, I'm the captain of this ship. I ain't, point, po- I ain't pointing fingers, but... He should have done a Mourinho and just taken him to task. And well, he, he kind of... He, it's he weird did... because he's, he's <laughs> basically said, I take full responsibility, but they've fucked this up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, in, a, in a nice way. Is in, a, in, a nice, in a nice way and in an, in an absolutely paraphrased nutshell, that's what he said. Um, and it's just a bizarre... I just don't understand what Microsoft are doing with the resources they've got in developing good first-party games, like those AAA ones. I mean, Halo was just an absolute debacle. And Here's the thing about Halo, though, just quickly on that. I agree, because it's positioned as a live service game. It's going to be Halo's big push into -into free-to-play, basically. And they completely dropped the ball with the live service element gone yeah. but i will say at least the game worked fundamentally like from, yeah. a, from a qa perspective it was sound I mean, they it was didn't solid. have hardly any content no. on day one no but what it, they did have worked agreed. it worked and the core gameplay was i thought pretty good like the grappling hook and all those, those sort of features yeah. like it was it the, as a base game as a minimum requirement it worked this yeah. seems like redfall seems like a it was it's technically mm. just completely unstable and not up to snuff yeah. and then creatively pretty dull as well yeah. so it's, it's the double punch of just being bad from top to bottom yeah um you know phil spoke about um the fact that he wants to give he doesn't want 
developers to stick to their own lanes and he wants people to have the creative freedom to do yeah. things. But surely there has to be an element of track record. And when you see something, you don't just, you know, you have to be invested in that. I mean, I, I think we both agree that when, when we saw Redfall, we thought there's something here, you know, there's a, there's an yeah. idea, there's a, there's a spark of something that could be good. But I think deep down, we both had reservations about the overall execution of the game and the fact that, I don't think it's going to be enjoyable to play through alone. And I wonder if that plays a part, mm. whether these reviewers played it as a single player experience. And I just think it, you know, I'm not defending it, but I suspect. Letting off the hook. Well, I suspect it's better to play as a party game, like yeah. in, a, in well, a group. One of the things missing from it is it doesn't have any matchmaking. Yeah. So you, you can, you can only play it with someone, you know, on your friends list. So, I would mm. imagine a lot of the reviews did play it solo because, yeah. you know, I'm sure a few of them linked up together, but with no public matchmaking there, you can't even yeah. have the option yeah. just to try it. You have to organise it with someone mm. you know and go for it. But And, I, you know, and I think that, again, you know, that's not excusing them because if they, they would have play-tested it and everything and they would have known that it would have probably been better if that was there. Mm. <laughs> but I just find it bizarre how with the resources they've got that they can't get something better out. Like... I don't understand what has happened to to anything Microsoft develops or publishes. Just seems to be of a, of a, you know, when you look back to the original games that Microsoft used to produce, the Halos, the Gears of Wars, and you know things. That, that, what they're basically relying on now is Forzas, like yeah, yeah. at that go, level, yeah. And again, I'll qualify us again because people will say, "Oh, Pentiment, High Five." Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking yeah. about the top level and the reason why the yeah. top level is so important is because you're asking for the most money if you're selling it at retail so you, the investment from the player is at its financial highest also for those who look at game pass as a vehicle to save money it's your biggest win isn't it you, you've saved yeah. 70 uk pounds by not buying it by having it on a subscription service Pentiment but this is why you play quid. games as well right yeah, i mean yeah, it's yeah. nice to play the, the the sort of um nice surprises as, as i'd call them you know the 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 little money for a big bang like yeah. and you have a good time like it's fine but you know I'll, I'll i've bought a ps5 and the only game i've played on it from this gen is is got a war ragnarok mm. and i'm ha i'm okay with that if i played nothing else on it for for two years i'm okay with that because i feel like i've experienced that game and i, I you know and i think it's a similar thing for xbox is that it's fair enough giving me all these game pass niceties but i still want my big hitters i still want those you know big ips to hit home for me i was i thought halo could have been such a good game but they just cocked up that whole live service thing so much yeah and then you're looking at what else are they going to produce um and you start to wonder for for the other games like you just think you lose trust that they're they're capable of, yeah. of putting anything good out um you know, and they've, Phil's been quite clear. He said they're not competing with PlayStation, which is a nonsense because they are, whether they want to admit it or not. I agree that, you know, they're, they're, <laughs> the fact that they're opening Game Pass up and, you know, whether you're on PC, whether you're on yeah. Xbox, it's seamless. I agree with that, and it is. You know, I play with PC players quite regularly on my Xbox. And it's, it's seamless, right? And I like that element to it. But you're still surely if you're looking at it internally, you still want to be seen even just from your peers in the industry yeah. as kind of like 
producing great games and, and everyone's lording over Jim and going, oh, you know, the God of Wars, the Horizons, like all these sorts of things. That, you know, you get critical acclaim and, and peer acclaim for for publishing those sort of games. Yeah. And Microsoft are left there and Phil looks like a dickhead. <laughs> um, when they're the ones, I mean, it's, it, it's like Leicester City winning the title, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it's embarrassing for Man City and Arsenal and all these teams with these huge resources <laughs> that can't produce a better it. team. But yeah, they can't produce a better team than the little guy. And I'm not saying Sony are, are the little guy, but in these, in terms of resources, they yeah. are. Um, yeah. So I think, I, d- I don't know. I don't know whether, uh, is the problem Phil? Like, is it? Right. I, I don't know. I'm not right. saying in, in, as an individual, but... You know, if you've got someone perhaps more ruthless, I don't know, is, it, is there a lack of ruthlessness in how they're going about asking their, their studios to develop these games when they're publishing them? I don't, I don't know, but I think you feel like something's got to change mm. um, to start producing a better quality of, of AAA title there because yeah. it ain't working and it ain't worked for years. No, I remember you talking about Crackdown all those years ago and that seemed... At the start of some of the <laughs> everything, <laughs> almost. That they've, I mean, I can't really. I'm I'm going through my head now, and I'm trying to remember the last sort of AAA, like quality game that. It'd probably be Gears Five if I if I was hasting to guess. Yeah, but is it even that good? Like this is what no, I mean. No, but it's start... well, okay. Yeah, well, it's probably not. But let's have a look. Let's just do the the the, the requisite. Minecraft yeah. Legends, that's not AAA. Age of Empires, no. GoldenEye, no. Pentiment, no. Grounded, no. As Dusk Falls, no. So, yeah, it, it, I, to be fair, it's, it's Forza Horizon 5, isn't it? November 2020. Not including Horizon Forza. Right, no well, Forza games. No Forza. And I know it's an unfair thing to do, but it's like Moving judging the goalposts on field. You can't have a racing game as your pinnacle. No. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, but I'm not having it. <laughs> He's not having it. Psychonauts 2, no, that was a budget game. Flight Simulator was a port from the PC, kind of. <laughs> but again, that's, that's not like, similar to the... If you're going to scrub Forza Horizon off, then you have to scrub Flight Sim off. State of Decay 2, oh, this is when they started trying to pretend that all the new games on the Xbox Series X were new. They're not, right? Let's go back. Age of Empires, <laughs> Tell Me Why, Battletoads, Flight Sim on PC... Minecraft Dungeons, get, I mean, listen, look at all these games. Yeah. Go back. Ori and the Will of the Wisps, no. Not what we're talking about. Wasteland, no. Does the Master Chief Collection count? I mean, it, I'd allow it because it, it's a remaster, but that's probably, yeah, I think so, yeah. December 2019, that was. And then before that, it's Gears 5, which was September 2019. And mm. I think that's the one you know, I'd go back to and say, yeah. That's as close as it's been. Yeah, because yeah, after that, yeah. it's Crackdown 3. And then we're getting <laughs> yeah. into the likes of Forza Horizon 4. I mean, really, it's... Yeah. It's diabolical. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. It, it is. Not, it, it is. It's, like, if you put that to Phil and you went, so what are we doing? But you all just say you're dismissing all those great games we put out in between. That's... I am. You're right. I absolutely am. And because you'll they be mean judged. less, don't they? Let's just be honest. They mean less because yeah. they're not at the top. You're always judged by your your the temp your top. Yeah, temp pole releases are always going to carry more weight and water. That's just the way it, it is. is. Yeah. So 
that's ultimately what you're going to be judged by, I think. Mm. And you have to, you know, when you look at that, you go, that's, that's, not, that's not great at all. And you'd even argue, you know, we're even debating, we're sort of going, well, can you have Master Chief? And, and even Gears 5 wasn't, I mean, it was, it was all right, but it wasn't amazing. It wasn't one of those sort of like landmark games where you go, no. this is it. But I feel like, like given what we've had since, you have to sort of just look at that and say, well, yeah. at least. At least, at yeah. Least, at least, at least yeah. we got Gears 5. And, and going back, and that's like a, mm. you know, mid to high 80s, which is pretty good. But 2019 really was the, was the year for that. And mm. that's only that year that you played Crackdown 3 and was treated to that wonderful... Deary me. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, I think it's a shame more than anything that that's what it's become. Um, mm. And I think, you know, it's clear, I don't think it's for a lack of intent from Microsoft, but there's something in their execution and it's something's going wrong somewhere with the games that they're putting out on this console. And yeah. I don't know what the answer to that is, but they've got to do something better. Well, something better will hopefully be Starfield, which is due out mm. later this year. But does it, from your perspective, are you sitting there thinking, I don't trust them to, no, to deliver on that? I don't Whereas know if it was Sony, yeah. you'd be going, I know that's going to be... It wouldn't even be a talking point. Quality. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't. And rightly or wrongly, Spider-Man 2 mm. is not a concern. Now, maybe it does come out and it's shit. You never know. But yeah. track records just suggests, suggests it's not yeah. something to be concerned about or lay there worried about. Whereas Starfield, I think personally it will be good, if not great, just mm. because they know how important that game is really. Like they they can't... know how important bloody Halo was. They knew they, well, I, I don't think you can sit there and go, well, I am. I'm trying to help him, <laughs> but I am. Yeah, I, I you know I oh, hope please. it is. I pro- it's not my sort of game, but I just hope for Microsoft's sake that they can get something out that resonates extremely positively with the with the community. Because if that, I, I feel like if Starfield now flops, and I, even by flop I mean you know low eighties or something, hmm. I think that that starts to raise real real concerns over what they're doing. I think there should be an inquest if that one doesn't do well, because after that, what's left? Well, you have to start looking forward to things like Hellblade and Fable, and which are all, you know, pie in the sky promises. There's mm. nothing, there's nothing concrete. Hopefully that'll change their showcase in a few weeks. That may yeah. happen. But yeah, it's not a, not a good place for them to be in. What do you make of this just quickly about mm. how the reporting is basically that the Bethesda purchase comes with all those studios and it's a publishing arm in itself, Bethesda Softworks. That's what ZeniMax basically owned and that that's responsible for things like, you know, Ghostwire Tokyo, Deathloop, Hi-Fi Rush, and Redfall falls into that bracket because it's still under the Bethesda banner. Now, the reporting that came out was that actually Microsoft don't have <clears throat> hands on, you know... Mm. Acts, well, they have access, they've got, they own them, but they don't actually go in there and start meddling or asking about stuff. Yeah. And that's that's perhaps one of the reasons why this why Redfall flew under their radar, to steal a mm. quote from the Windows Central article by Jez Corden. How does that sit? Is, is, that, uh, is that a valid kind of excuse that, well, we're mm. still letting them operate independently, so, you know, kind of Bethesda's fault, 
you know, we're not going to take much mm. responsibility for that. Or do you say, well, no, Phil, you, you're the man at the very, very top who owns that entity and therefore it's a reflection mm. on Microsoft and also the Xbox brand. Because my argument is that regardless of how it's set up internally, which we're never going to know the true facts of, mm. everyone saw this as an Xbox game. Everyone saw it as a Game Pass day one drop, an important game in that calendar. And therefore, mm. the good and the bad that comes with that goes towards the Xbox brand. You don't sit there and go, that's Bethesda. No, it was marketed on Game Pass, you know, from the very get-go as a, as a big title that's coming to that platform. It closed mm. the Xbox slash Bethesda showcase two years ago. It was like their main event thing. So mm. my view is that it's, it's all start part of the same team and you own it at the end of the day. Mm. But do you think there is a little bit of, are we unfairly treating microsoft and tarnishing the xbox brand with something that bethesda probably had most of the control over well i think I, I don't think it's unsurprising when you look at the size of the yeah the net that microsoft have got there like it's probably difficult to say they should be actively engaged with absolutely everything and everyone and have oversight to the nth degree i think that's probably unrealistic but i think how they understand what's being released and how they actively engage to go is this good enough for what we want and expect i mean arguably if it's one of your big titles you're gonna you want to be making sure right i think that's where i would be aiming it it's kind of like right if we're pinning our our hats on these halos red falls starfields and all these sort of different games as our triple a kind of launches i would want to make sure that i'd have more oversight over that whereas the smaller, quote unquote, um, less high profile um, releases, you could probably give a little bit more leash to, but I don't think it's good enough. Um, and to be fair, you know, from what I've heard with Phil, he's, he's, he's put, he still puts his hands up. He's not saying, he's not pointing that many fingers, but I think it's unfair if you're, you know, he'd be sitting there sort of lauding the critical that's, acclaim if it went that, well. So, that's my argument, like... Look at mm. how how much credit they got for Hi-Fi Rush. That mm. wasn't assigned to Bethesda. We didn't say, well, Bethesda Softworks. What a great... No, we yeah. went, oh, Xbox have <laughs> yeah. released a little critical darling there. Shadow dropped it. So mm. if you can't, if you don't want to take the bad of Redfall, you can't have the good of mm. Hi-Fi Rush, and then you can't have the good of Starfield if anything comes of that, which, yeah. you know, is one come, one all. We all know that they own it. They, they've paid mm. the $7 billion for it. Yes, yeah. They're trying to merge two very big organisations and there's going to be, you know, you'd think there would have to be some level of structural change mm. there for that to, to work. Yeah. And that takes years. We've been part mm. of big corporations ourselves and you know how slow yeah. it, things can move. Yet, you can't pick and choose what you're going to stamp as an Xbox win, for lack of a better term, and an Xbox loss. Mm. Like, it's all one and the same to me. It has to be. Just, yeah, just, yeah. just for simplicity and for accountability. Otherwise, it's like, well, hang on, who's, who's really to blame here? The ultimate parent has to take responsibility. <laughs> like it's it's the way it goes. You can't you can't go over the. It is so. It's it's like you're the one that's in charge. You're the one that takes the profits. You're the one that does everything. You can't then go. Well, we trusted those guys to do it. Well, don't. That's your failure. Yeah. yeah. Whether you try, whether you should or shouldn't, that's you know, neither in nor there. It's ultimately Ed's role. Someone's got to be accountable for these things and. You know, the ultimate parent in Microsoft is um, is the one that does, good or bad, right? Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a huge disappointment. I, I, I don't think anyone likes to sit here, really, 
Um, unless you're a blue blood, kicking. I've got a blue t-shirt off. Off day, so is that well, was, was yeah. that subconsciously done? So I've got a green version of this top, <laughs> which I could have put on. Uh, you know, I think I, I'd I'd be real pissed if I was Phil. And to be, you know, he in, looked in, fucking pissed. He looked just distraught, yeah. almost broken. I, I, if anyone hasn't, I, I really enjoyed the interview. If, if anyone hasn't seen that on Kind of Funny, then it's yeah. it's really worth forty-five minutes just to. Yeah. He's very candid, and I think almost probably too candid. Um, mm. And you can tell he's pissed, and he's like, "This isn't what you know. We don't want to release these games." He said, "You know, Redfall was was mock reviewed. It was internally tested, and these these aren't the responses we got." So, just on the mock review, like he said, mm. it was ten. It was you know double digits lower than. Sorry, yeah. the, the mock reviews were double digits higher than what ultimately came. And I think when he said that, it was about a 61 or 62 at the yeah. time. So is he, is he saying that it mock reviewed at a 71 or a 75? And they went, yep. Because that's even still a low bar to say, yeah. yep. Yeah. Like, well, you know, I, I suspect <laughs> that they got at 8 out of 10. Well, who are these that's people right. that did that? I don't know. Well, well, I don't know how far off they can. Like, it's un- no. Surely it's unusual to be considering the bar. How, considering how broken it is. As well, maybe it came with the caveats that this is technically broke. What I will say actually is that there's definitely, and I'm going into the weeds of this too much further, but there's the, the, yeah. the pre. I think the thing that kind of turned us to into thinking it might be something worth diving in on was when the previews came out. Mm. The media had hands-on previews, and they weren't net. weren't they? Weren't close to being negative like this on no. it. It was no. fairly positive. It's like this has potential, mm. and in reading and listening to some of the guys that went to that event and then ultimately played the game and crapped on it. They're mm. they're, And I don't, I don't believe them. I've no reason to think they're hiding mm. anything. They said that is not how, not what we were fed at that preview event. The game was mm. not running like that. We One, it was put on PC, so it was running at 60 FPS, but whatever. Yes, yeah, so this is what Phil but, said, wasn't it? Yes. It was like, basically come out and went, we've got to be better at mm. making sure that we're managing expectations. So if yes. the game is going to release on our console at 30 FPS... We shouldn't be showing you demos and giving people access to a 60 FPS right. on PC, which seems obvious, right? Why? This is another thing. Why do they have to learn these mistakes as they go? No. <laughs> but why is that not obvious? Like, it's such an obvious thing to do. Like, give, show me what I'm going to be playing so that mm. when I come to play it, I don't go, hang on a minute. Like, it's such a bizarre, like, why do you want to try and drum up some sort of level of interest and and get people on board with something when they're clearly going to realise in future yeah. that that it's wasn't not. the same. Like, it's just, it's the whole thing is just baffling, isn't it? And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off mid-sentence, but mm. I thought that was a really good point. It's kind of like you're showing us something and then what you're delivering is different yeah. and you're not expecting us to notice or call that out. Like, bizarre, well, isn't it? I thought they could get away with it, but... Yeah, I mean, that's just one thing. But the people mm. that went to the preview event say that it didn't play anywhere bad, as close to bad as this. Yeah. So whatever they served up, mm. it wasn't close to what they had. Um, yeah. And that's... This, as we said before, right, that that, ste- that jump between 30 and 60 nowadays is, mm-hmm. like, really noticeable because 60 has become the default and a constant 60 has become kind of the default expectation now to play games. Yeah. Playing something at 30 is seems like a downgrade and that goes back to our initial view around tears of the kingdom right like do you wait for something that plays at a higher frame rate because the brain has become accustomed to uh, the bar's been reset yeah it's been reset and redone and the thing about redfall is 
that actually when you look at the response the 30 fps is barely mentioned because everything yeah. else is just so yeah. bad right it's, it's mad isn't it fucking yeah absolutely this is an awful product yeah. and you know they're going to show us a showcase in a few weeks and really my the main damage that this has done for me is one i'm not going to play the game which is fine there's, there's a lot of games mm. that i don't play but two i really don't give a fuck about what they show now it's like let's yeah. we're gonna have to just wait and see and i know people are going to start clapping and going oh look they've shown i feel like it's going to be a really interesting showcase like it's going to show lots of stuff and people are going to be like oh, they're back i'm like no they're not mm. wait until they fucking release the game yeah been, been here every it, year. Been here every year since 2020. Since this, mm. and that's well, I would go back mm. further personally. But they say yeah. from the start of this generation, when you release that console with no software, that was the fucking first warning flag. What's going on here? Yeah. I had to play Assassin's Creed to get use <laughs> out of the Xbox. Honestly, like I don't know why I would ever buy an Xbox Day One. Yeah, or it's getting that, to that point. It's getting to that point yeah. now on both sides that unless there's something mm. I want to play that's unique to that platform, there's no mm. point in me getting it. Like, yeah. it, it doesn't, it's just, it's just, it's been sitting there a lot of the time, waste of money. Collecting dust, don't they? I oh, know. Terrible. But, yeah, they're going to show us a lot of exciting stuff and people are going to get excited and whatnot. I say, <sighs> let's just wait for the video games, not the, it's not the showcase awards, is it? It's like, we want to see what the video games play like, <laughs> not how you've marketed, because even Redfall looked interesting at one point. Yeah, you know, mm. there was a few weeks where that looked like a good title and look how that's fucking turned out. So pump mm. the fucking brakes when they do their showcase. They haven't earned the trust for me. No. And they're, a long, they're a long way off earning it and it will take a consistent cadence of, high, of delivery of high quality top tier games. One or two yeah. a year for two years in a row might do it, but mm. we haven't even got one yet. So we'll wait until September until we get the first one for this year. <laughs> Every quarter he still mentioned, though. He did. To, so yeah. I was like, well... If we... He can't say mm. that and not, without knowing that's definitely likely to happen, can he? Because if he, if we sit here next year and he's released one game... Well, he'll be sitting here, won't he? He'll be going, well, you've had Pentiment, you've had High Fire. Like, what, what he classes as a, well, a game of quarter... I mean, we we obviously wouldn't be of that mind, but I think there should be one one sort of triple-layer, like banger every year. Yes. Yep. Minimum. Like, yeah, that's fine. Same minimum. Like, that's that's good for, enough. Yeah. As a, and they haven't done one for four years. No. And you could even argue whether the ones that we've highlighted in 2019 were what, what we'd class as bangers. Mm. I think that's up for debate. So I think there's a hell of a lot to do there. And to well, be fair, you know, is that uh, is that is that is? Uh, and I know we're probably running over. Is this because? PlayStation have set the bar so high. Like, yeah, it is. Is that is. unfair? Are we? Is it unfair? No, it's not unfair because that's what's going on in the market. The market mm. is that, for better or for worse, if you like their games or not, there's something about the big AAA Sony games that capture the imagination of fans, the critics, and whatnot, and it dominates the the kind of mm. talking points of what goes on. And that's mm. anything lower than that is always going to be like, well, what's going on over there? Why can't they do it? Mm. Because Nintendo seemed to have a good good hand yeah, on doing yeah. it. Ninety seven we're looking at. Yeah. Tears of the Kingdom. So it's, it's not like it's, an, yeah. it's not an impossible bar. And you don't need mm. a ninety seven. You just don't want fifty nines. <laughs> Let's just start on getting eighty. Let's just start fill off on the training wheels and say if you can get Starfield to an eighty, we'll we'll leave you alone for a few months. 
Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, and then we can build point. him up from there, maybe. <laughs> Let's see. Maybe that'll be the approach. Anyway, we've got some impressions coming. I don't know what it's going to be. There may be um, something recorded later on before the editing process takes place for this that will allow for a recent game to be put on there, but I don't know. If not, you'll be treated to a surprise. As I like to say, you know more than me as you look at the show notes as to what game we're going to close out for. But from Logan and myself, we will see you on the other side. Here we are then, back with some game impressions to close out this edition of Idle Game Chat. Joined by Pac-Man himself, Tom Adcock. The, the original Tom A. I think you appeared before Adkins. If we go back and trace back the lineage, you were lurking perhaps a month or so before, so you get to keep the Tom A accolade. Your memory, you won't remember that, will you? There's a little cat for the video viewers. This is why people should watch on YouTube. They're missing out on a cat. I don't know which one that is because he's got two now. He's uh, becoming a bit of a staple, isn't he? Mm. Loves it. But we are here to talk about Resident Evil 4, the remake of uh, of one of the classics. One of the best games ever made, people have said, although that's been blown away with new releases from Nintendo, seemingly. Every six years they come along and say, nope, no longer is that the greatest game ever. But Resident Evil 4 is where we're, what we're going to talk about. As usual, though, it feels prudent to talk about a bit of cards on the table for both of us. We've both played this, so we'll both sort of be giving our views on it. But you are, you've are you been known as the Resident Evil man in the group, sort of back there, back in the day, playing the old Dross with the tank controls and whatnot, seeing it sort of eventually fade out. And then Resident Evil 4 was actually the sort of catalyst that changed the series forever for better, or some will say for worse. But many will maintain that Resident Evil 4 itself... Back in the old days, what, 2002, 2003? I can't remember now. I'll look it up in a second. Was um, was one of the big ones. But for you, survival horror purist sometimes, Resident Evil 4, we're not even talking about the remake here, it's just generally about the, the older one, much more action-focused. Whilst I wouldn't call it a fully-fledged action game, if you compare it to the first one, it almost is because it's so different. So... Winding your little mind back, you've just come off the back of Resident Evil 3, there's been the code of Veronica's I assume, and all the other weird stuff that happens. Nintendo, of all people, lock in this sort of, the, the Capcom 3, and Resident Evil 4 is part of that. You're well ingrained of Nintendo, always have been. What's the vibe like back in the day, the early aughts, when Resident Evil 4 drops exclusively on the GameCube? Was you there day and date lurking or did you end up waiting for it to appear on other platforms and then taking the dive? Or was this a sort of a must play and a must get? No, so I, I, I was GameCube. Um, that was my console of choice. Mm. Um, I was very happy. I, I, do you know what? My memory is hazy, but 2005. I, sorry, there we go. they sold it. I think at the time that it was an exclusive. I don't. Maybe they signed it later. Now I don't. That's my memory. Is that it they was did. exclusive, and then due to poor sales, I'm guessing or whatever, because no one really had a GameCube. They then later ported it over to the PS2 and Xbox. I guess at the time. I don't know. Yeah. So it was. It was. It's. It was at least marketed as like a, you know, one of the these five Capcom games that are on there. And there's even a quote floating around somewhere. Some, one of the producers saying like, oh, 
you'll have to cut my head off of a chainsaw before you see it appear on other platforms and then absolutely just arrive. So you must have been at the time, though, back in 2005, thinking, well, this is great. I've picked a real... You know, you're not trying to pick the winner necessarily, but you're picking a console platform that has something like Resident Evil 4 on it. Then it comes out and it's rave reviews. How did you find it personally? Yeah, that's it. Big change. So I I enjoyed it, but I am old school and it was a bit jarring the change in like pacing and uh, action focus um not so i didn't like it but i remember i had a big break around the the salazar castle sort of segment mm. I, I i put it down didn't pick it up again for oh, a fair few months wow like, genuinely had a big break because i was a bit like what is this this is not you know where are the zombies why is there like more than two on the screen at any one time you know I like I like I like a residence with evil in it. I don't, you know, wh- why am I out in the daylight? Why am I at a lake? So I did definitely have my problems with it. And then, like post game, obviously I did go back. I you know, played it and I enjoyed it, but it wouldn't have sort of made the top three of my Resident Evil journey up until like this point. I would say. Interesting. And what what would you say the top three would have been at that time? Uh, one and two for sure. And yeah. probably one remake, the GameCube remake. Yeah. I'm assuming that came before uh, four, but yeah. yeah, that was genuinely uh, brilliant at the time, like leaps and bounds above, um, but the original like trilogy plus Veronica, I guess, are the, the core ones at that point. Um, so one and two, and then probably would it be Nemesis? A lot of people oh, don't no. like Free and Nemesis. Even in like the modern remakes, they sort of not not as happy Didn't, with that. It would probably be one three and um, and actually I get confused with the more recent ones. It was six, the one in the, the the reboot with Ethan, or is it seven? Seven's the reboot. Yeah. So se- yeah, so one one remake, two OG or remake. If we're talking as of anything up till four remake last month or whatever and then yeah um the baker family get them in because that was that was a really nice again turn of pace and enjoyed that a lot i like i said i like the more traditional one i like when it's a bit slower i like when there's a sort of the 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 the, the place where you spend most of your time is a character as well that's what i'm into yeah absolutely so looking at resident evil 4 this remake how much how much memory do you have of the original one to kind of compare and contrast the changes they did or didn't make? Like, because that old brain of yours we've spoken about before, I don't know how recently you've ever dived into Resident Evil 4, maybe not since 2005. So it may well have been, you know, almost almost 20 years at this stage that you've gone back to it. But do you ever, do you ever grasp on how much has or hasn't changed? Or did you even look at like, oh, here's the comparison of the two just to refresh your memory? Because I actually didn't do that. I felt like I probably should have done, but never got around to it. Oh, I did actually. Because yeah, like I've got some very vivid memories of certain bits. Obviously the opening, you know, in the village, the lake. I've really enjoyed the lake the first time with the monster. I wasn't expecting that. And it's set up quite differently. I actually got caught out. Um, I assume it's in the remake, but I don't know where if you kind of start shooting into the lake, you will get annihilated there oh right it's like a little uh, in, in the original yeah um and i wasn't expecting that in the original um 
the a couple of the boss battles, um, the end, like, yeah. So like I had these really vivid memories of certain bits, you know, the set pieces, the, um, you know, the bit in the, when you're in the, um, the cabin, yeah. you're like, getting assaulted. So that Proper, in the like, original. Walking Dead style, like horse. Yeah. Part, but then yeah. other than that, like, like nuts and bolts of it. No, I didn't mm. really remember it too much. Like when I watched a comparison video and they were showing like entire sections that have been reworked or removed, I was like, I've got literally no memory of, <laughs> of this. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I, I played the original for about, I think I got maybe a quarter of the way through the castle. That's all, you know, yeah. a, 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 whatever that ended up being, maybe halfway. And then I stopped cause it just felt too old. Um, for, for, for better or for worse, but that's what happened back then. Um, but I was always thinking, oh, I should have really just gone back and finished that because there's not really a chance of it getting redone in any significant way. Then we got Resident Evil 2 and 3 remake. And I was like, well, we're on to something here. Then Resident Evil 4 has appeared and I was happy to sort of go back down into it. Um, in terms of story, now I don't think that's necessarily Resident Evil's strongest point across the entire series. It does have just this campiness to it like the originals in particular are very cheesy i mean they wouldn't even i don't even think you could get away with that nowadays as a joke like they're pretty poor i actually thought this one's good it straddles the line quite well of like being a little bit campy got a little bit of serious in there leon's just a massive sort of geek who doesn't seem to sort of understand anything that's happening around him but still this absolute powerhouse that can just make it through all these ridiculous areas the different kind of characters you meet along the way, they're always incompetent as the last one, but they're still good ent- good and entertaining. How did you find they d- did it on this on the narrative side of things? Cause I don't think it's necessarily something you'd hang your hat on, but it seemed like it was a good vehicle for the setting and the, the overall structure of the game in that trying to take a more serious approach probably wouldn't have worked either. So going down the sort of light-hearted route and it's not completely lighthearted. there's some horrible moments in it and whatnot but just the way the characters are kind of written and their dialogue is i'm assuming it's purposeful but you know even if it wasn't it, it it for me it felt like it was it fit right with with resident evil 4 yeah i think the originals were actually they were literally meant to be like b movie like you know some bad acting bad dialogue were and they kind though? Of, well yeah. well they kind of carried that through and i think some awful translations from the, yeah. the japanese one voice <laughs> yeah. acting but yeah i always think it was meant to be that way and they've carried that on and yeah i think they've done a nice job here where they because i think as you say for a lot of people this is top top tier game for them one two or three mm. so to change it too much would have been sacrilegious so yeah but then i think the old one was super campy probably wouldn't get away with some of the lines from what I understand no. now either. Um, also the thing every- around like Ashley, I think, she, I don't know. I think she's the same age, but they kind of made her seem younger. And yeah. therefore any of the flirting that was taking place on either side seemed inappropriate. Um, but what I remember is everyone in that game was super horny. Like the, you know, the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, the dispatch lady who's like trying to talk you through it. I think Leon was sort of trying to oh, get in her knickers yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. He, he was, he was up for it with anyone. Um, <laughs> so I think they've dialed that, that back a bit. But, I mean, compared to, you know, the games that have riffed off this, I guess, since, mm. and how serious and grounded some of those are, this is still very lighthearted, campy, cheesy, yeah. but in a good way. It kind of sets it, you know, it, it's a different tone to those. It's good that they've, they've kept to that. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I mean, you're going. The mission is you're going in to rescue the president's daughter, which is just an absurd scenario. Like one man band. Just what, yeah, it. just sending one guy in as well. Yeah, who I don't know. I mean, he survived Raccoon City, as we know, but what's his sort of his accolades throughout the years? We don't know. Exactly. Like they've got no idea that what's going on in that village at first. No. Like, why is he getting sent? No why recon. Nothing's being <laughs> sent in. They've just gone there. But you know, you can pick holes in the plot all day. But I do think it serves as a good vehicle. It's not gonna. You know, it's not going to give you the God of War or the Last of Us vibes in that sense, but for Resident Evil 4, I think it works well. What do you think, they, how they did with the technical side of things? You know, completely, as you mentioned, rebuilt some sections. The game, for the most part, I think I think looks gorgeous. There's a little bit of a soft image, at least what I played on the PS5. It's a little bit soft, and it didn't feel 100% smooth. I felt like there was a few little stars here and there. So I'm a little bit concerned going forward with this RE engine. Has it got the guts to do like a, you know, a PS5 and an Xbox Series X only game? Because this is this is on PS4 as well and been sort of upported. But how did you f- feel like they've done on the presentation, the technical side of things? Did you have any issues, any bugs or crashes? God forbid. No, nothing like that. And uh, obviously, probably the wrong person with the old eyes to be looking at. You look at Tears of the Kingdom saying it looks 4K to me. I was like, well, we know that's not true. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, it looked great to me. Um, You know, it's a fair point, actually. I forgot that it was uh, still um, cross-gen and that they're yet to actually do a a full-on... And I guess the the RE engine is is quite old now. It feels like it is, yeah. Yeah. I don't know when and... I don't know, but yeah, I I thought it looked great. Um, Yeah, and then to be honest, going back to the previous one, my God, like so dark, so muddy. It's, yeah, it's true. It's, my God, that is one thing, you know, like in a still image, when you see a screenshot, you're like, oh, yeah, that, that is a good looking game. But still, it's not, man. Uh-huh. It fucking hell. Um, so, yeah, this is like, basically, like, these remakes are brilliant because they, they, in your mind, or like my old mind, I'm like, oh, the original looked like this. It's only when you then do a comparison, you're like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, uh, it, yeah, it's just that modern look to something you kind of know well. Or for a lot of people, they would have known really well. But, yeah, yeah I personally thought it looked, looked really nice. So according to the old Wikipedia, RE Engine, originally designed for Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. This yeah. It's been used in other projects, so that dates back to 2017. But, no, yeah, I think the, this this looks, looks great for the most part. I'm just – this is more of a flag for future games and – yeah. how scalable that engine ends up being. Um, I think for Resident Evil 4, it was generally fine. I didn't have any crashes or anything like that. It was pretty clean throughout the game. There's a few fumbles. I think they had probably more on the control side of things, but we'll get to all that. But generally, yeah, it's a really super good-looking game, like in 2023, and you play it on PS5, Xbox Series X, or PC. I'm sure it looks great even on the PS4 and Xbox One for whatever they are. Um no complaints from from myself really there. Let's get into some of the game mechanics and the actual gameplay itself. How did you how do you feel about it from a twenty thousand foot in terms of what you what you played and the structure and all the different things that sort of make up this game? We've spoken a bit about the story and the technicalities, but more about when you're actually moment to moment roaring around as or trying to roar around as Leon and perhaps not, because he's a bit of a I don't know what happened in Raccoon City, but it's made him a bit slow in his old age. But how did you find the moment-to-moment gameplay in this? And was it... So you didn't... You preferred the old-school Resident Evil. 
Now we had Resident Evil 2 sort of bring the old school survival horror back. This keeps him with the Resident Evil 4 sort of more action based. Um, how did this all come together for the remake of 4? So funnily enough, I'd literally finished, as I think you know, uh, with the back end of uh, Last of Us 2. And I literally finished oh, that in the morning mate. and jumped straight into this. Mate. And I was like, fucking hell, Leon moves like an absolute pig still. Like, it's crazy, you, isn't it? Yeah. It- uh, like, obviously, you haven't got that mobility or that flexibility that you've got in those games that are just, like, really responsive. You can obviously... Similar you know, sort of vibe cr- as well, the game for, mm. aren't they? Like, it's... Yeah. And, yeah. and then you, so if you want to bring the story back up again, it's like, it's not even... Quite, like, I don't know, those games really are... I think they're not underrated because they're not, but I think some people dismiss them when you compare them against a... Not a like for like, but something in the same wheelhouse. You're like, yeah, there are still levels that these these uh-huh. games can get to. Sorry, go on. No, yes, um, agreed. Um, so yeah, I came in from that like day, uh, same day, and you know this game that starts with that the opening. Um, it, it's quite difficult. Like, and I hadn't played it for a while. I couldn't remember if I needed to trigger something in that opening section to move no. on, or if it was just survive. Just survive. So, yeah. mate, I died a few times. And I was like, fucking hell, this is hard. Yeah. Um, uh, and I was like, I'm not going to struggle here because uh, it, it recommends you play it on a harder difficulty if you've played the game before. Yeah. I didn't, and I'm kind of glad I didn't. Um, mm. But anyway, once I found my foot in, and I can't remember what I did on the original. Um, I feel like the chapters were much longer, but I might be completely misremembering that. I thought less chapters, but longer. These were broken up into like 45 minutes to maybe an hour and a half as they yeah. go on the chapters. I loved it. I literally played one, maybe two a night max. Um, I just had fun. Like I just thought it was a really overall high level. I enjoyed it. I found myself like laughing, smiling, like for various things. And like, cause it's not particularly a scary game, but, uh, and obviously there's a lot more ammo and resources and yeah. ways to gather those than any other Resi before it. Mm. But it'll put you in scenarios where those resources, your health, number of enemies like they will test you and you will kind of be scrabbling towards the yeah. end um and when you come through it you're like you just oh, yeah it's like relief like you're happy you're like oh, yeah that was good yeah and like some of the some of the things you can do to get through it like environmental things and whatnot can be a lot of fun so oh, yeah, the amount of those amount of opportunities i missed from just yeah. like a you know like i don't know like an oil lamp hanging above mm-hmm. like a group and i'd like shoot them all or, or scramble around. Then I'd walk up there and see it and think, oh, for God's sake, I could have just yep. saved so much ammo there. They do offer a lot of flexibility in terms of how you get through it. I found it quite taxing. And that's why I was only really playing one or two chapters a night because I was kind of like, right, I'm kind of tacked. I'm sort of resident eviled out here. Not in a bad way. I was just, I was just like, this is high pressure yeah. when, it, mm. when it starts to kick off. And I, I actually didn't die that many times. Um, like I thought I would die more. Like opening sort of onslaught in the village, I didn't die once, which I was Fucking surprised hell. at. Because I don't think you're supposed to really win that first time round because you're not really clued no. in on what's going to happen. And, it's, and it changes every time. Like I bet when you play it the second time, it was a completely different, you know, it felt like a different game almost because you, all the enemies just sort of scatter and go wherever, oh, yeah. depending on where you decide to go. But no, I found it taxing, but in a good way. And I had kind of installed a, a method of only playing at night and then only ever doing like one or two chapters. I broke the rule once. I think I did five in one go, um, <laughs> like quite early on. That's because Adkins told me something that happened and I was wanting to get to that bit. And I was like, you fucking clown Adkins. <laughs> Just can't. He was drunk at the time, but 
can't keep his uh, spoilers to himself, can he? And it wasn't a big thing anyway. But no, enjoyed it. And for what I was kind of looking for, I was um, I was pleased overall. One thing I will say is that I played it really slowly for my the way I kind of operate. Like I started before you and finished after you. Yeah, and you're normally I- the, sort of the bottleneck on these things, sort of slowing things down and blaming cats or whatever you can you can come up with an excuse for but I was really slow and it wasn't because I didn't want to play it but I wanted this certain environment and there were a couple of nights where I was like I don't fancy dealing with these Lost Plagas tonight I'm not going to play it um, I don't know if there's an indictment of the game I don't think it is I think it's just showing that it's doing what it's set out to do but how did you find the flow of it was you sort of hooked on it and then just played it through to, to completion every night you could or did you need a bit of a hands off for a little while just to recharge and replenish no, because I've literally done, I think I only had one or two nights where I'd done more than one chapter. So it was literally two weeks, yeah, chapter a night or whatever. And it, I just, yeah, perfect. I couldn't wait to jump back on, if I'm honest. Sometimes, like, there were levels where it went on a little bit longer or I was struggling a bit. Mm. Died a few times. I was a bit like, ah, shall I call it? But I was like, no, nah, I feel like I'm getting towards the end here. And uh, I'd always push on to the end of the chapter. But I just, I thought that format just suited me. Uh, like, the sort of limited time I've got at the moment, just it worked perfectly. So... I was loving it. I loved the structure. And I had no idea you know, what it was going to be like before sort of jumping in. I just thought, let's get this on. And uh, yeah, couldn't have been any better. So a lot of the games focused around on dealing with Ashley. She's sort of around you when things start kicking off and whatnot. There's certain elements where you have to team up with her to, I don't know, make sure a door stays unlocked or a passage or whatever. And, you know, you have to be aware that she is part of the game and it will end the game if she ends up falling and dying. I think for the most part, they did a good job with it. But I did have a few issues with the amount of times I accidentally shot her when she was being carried away by enemies and then she instantly died was a sense of frustration for me throughout. Um, it happened... If it happens once, I'm like, okay. If it happens again, I'm like, hmm. And it, but it happened probably half a dozen, maybe more times. And I was getting a little bit annoyed with it, to be honest. Um, I just assumed we'd get video game log- logic where I can hurt her in some way. But no, like one sort of shot of the shotgun or the sniper rifle, if you got that wrong, and that was it. And the, the annoying, the, the frustrating thing was, was that, you know, you can't just leave her because if she gets carried off to a room, it ends the game there. There's like a fail state. Do you, I mean, this was probably something that was brought up back in the day. Like, oh, it's just a big, long escort mission. And it's not, but there's a significant chunk of it where you are dealing with her. How did you find that part of the game? Because it's always been controversial throughout the years. And even in fact, like, we don't really see too many games like that. Um, the Last of Us is probably a, a modern example of that when you're Joel and you've got Ellie with you. But she's kind of immune. And then you've got things like God of War, which is Atreus. He's actually an asset rather than a hindrance. How do you feel this old school method of, yep, yeah, she can die, you can kill her, you need to be aware of her, played out in 2023? Yeah, you know, so she comes into it earlier than I thought, mm-hmm. and she's in it a lot. Once she's here, she's here. They do split yeah. you up a few times. Um, but, yeah, it, as you say, the whole game is essentially uh, find her and then escort her off, off that island. Um, so yeah, she is, she's there for the whole duration. Um, yeah, I had similar issues like with, um, the, the killing. I think in one, I can't remember what I did. Basically, I, it might've even been the first time I realized you could kill her and yeah. only one enemy left. And oh, I was kind of just fucking around. I think I might've shot her even on purpose only mm. then to have to restart that entire 
mm. you know, influx. And it might have been, where was it? It was somewhere difficult. Yeah. Might be that, you know, the, um, the room yeah. all about the water and the fountains. Oh, yeah, real, yeah, yeah. It was on and on. I think it might have been there. And I was livid. I was like, what have I done? The only <laughs> thing is, I'd find once you kind of, what I found is anytime I died, like, and it was going towards the end of one of those kind of ongoing, like, mm. um, ambushes I'm, the next time i'd pretty much always do it i'd realize where i'd gone wrong you know where the resource management is where yeah, like where they're gonna you know from and yeah exactly yeah so yeah i did have issues with that i also what like any a small issue there's certain bits where i swear i think we spoke about this when we we're playing like, it feels like they just spawn enemies like behind uh, you you're yeah. like you check you're like i'm clear it, and then like, and, like you're dealing with ashley you're you're, you're watching her like wind up cog or something and you're like right no one's sort of nearer i'm good i'm gonna run over here and grab some bits all of a sudden there's three enemies behind you and yep. two on her ass as well and you're like right how's that happen that yeah it definitely cheats like and just put i'm almost certain it cheats and puts enemies where they weren't before because there was a there's a little hut that i went into one guy in there one fella i don't know what he was doing i just killed him i think he was banging his head on the floor actually and i thought okay. i'll sneak up on him and stealth him but he got up and heard me somehow and i was like well that hasn't been programmed in for that particular one, is it? It's, it's a trigger. Anyway, I killed him. The hut was clear. I climbed up the ladders to go on the roof of the hut. I hear a load of noise. I look down, and there's five guys in the hut. I'm like, well, there's no way they were anywhere. They weren't hiding in any of the closets. They weren't hiding in any of the drawers. And I was like, it felt a bit cheap at times. Yeah. And I was like, could you have not been a little bit more, have a bit more imagination about how you kind of put more enemies in? Even if they just come walking off onto the environment from somewhere, I suppose I don't want you to just pick them off from range. But I did find that cheap, and I know it's survival horror. Well, it's not. It's kind of a more of an action game than survival horror. But I know it's trying to give you that sense of dread and catch you out. But I'm not happy when things do that. I think of like even in the Callisto Protocol, like when those things appeared in the vents, they came out of the vents, and it's like, well, that, yeah, they can come from anywhere. Then kind of gives them the the option yeah. to spawn them in. But these guys were just literally teleporting in from God knows where out of the floor. Maybe they were doing what Link does and coming up through the ceiling or something of his new ability <laughs> just appearing. That was an annoyance. Another thing that annoyed me was I felt, I think the overall control scheme feels a bit clunky, but I'm okay with that for the most part because, you know, the, the setting of the game. If we're going to defend tank controls, then this is, you know, <laughs> something that's 10 times better than that. He is a slow bastard. But the... The executions or the stabbing that you can do with the knife when when enemies are downed, just I never could, I never understood when I was able to stab, when I wasn't able to stab, when I should kick. It just never quite clicked for me, and it always felt slightly awkward. I'd sort of be at an angle, and it sort of just teleport me in and do the animation. I was like, it's yeah. a bit. That was a bit clunky there. Yeah, especially when there's a lot going on. Yeah, yes. I would also find that rather than do the kill it would just swing a knife at him and that would just mm. then like prompt him to get up faster. And I'd be like, for fuck's sake. Yeah. yeah, it is a little bit, a little bit clunky is a good way to say like it. Nothing major, but yeah, in a game with quite a lot of polish, it just seems they kind of, a couple of bits there, they missed the boat on a little bit and you're like, well, why, why is that happening? Did you play the free remake? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the game could have done with using that dodge. Because there's yeah. just so many enemies, it would have mm. been better suited in that game yeah. than this. And I know it would have fundamentally changed the game in some ways, but you know that dodge, you know, against the zombies in in free was useful. Um, and because you're just overwhelmed a lot of the time and crowded out in this one, it would have been nice to have some sort of counter. 
and you, yeah. got, you got more bullets as well. So the lock on afterwards to sort of get a critical hit would have been nice. But you now Leon's still struggling with sort of the basics of of just being an active officer and a, a secret agent of whatever he is. I don't know what his job title is, but doesn't seem as physically fit as I thought he might be. No, I think that's a good shout because um, you've got the, the parry with a knife, which is pretty much, yes. you can almost parry everything. So just mm. having the dodge wouldn't have really changed too much, really, because yeah, that does get you out of a lot of that parry. Also, yeah. what <laughs> I love they've kept in, suplex. That's oh. his go-to move. Yeah. Like, I only did it about three times in the whole game. Like It's ridiculous. But I was pleased when I finally did one. It was quite late on. I was like, oh, it, it does exist still, but yeah. that's surely not the most effective way to deal with these people. But <laughs> I'm glad they did keep it here. It's funny. One small other minor annoyance I had is that in the cut scenes, which mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think they're pre-rendered because it, you know, it shows with different outfits, and if you get the body armor eventually, like yeah. that comes up. He always uses the stock starting gun that you had, and I was like, uh, "That's sitting in my storage." So how's he got that out? So little Ronnie Brain there wasn't happy with seeing the gun <laughs> that I hadn't used. I understand why because they would have had to animate it for all the different gun types. But I was a bit like, "Hmm, sloppy." Yeah, what that is a little here? bit sloppy. Anything good or bad that you wanted to mention about Resident Evil 4 Remake before we go into the formalities? Anything else that sort of stuck out, whether it was a positive or a a negative, or just an observation even? I just think, like, uh, positive, like, the scope of this game, like, the things it has you doing, the areas, Mm. you know, like, when you think of, like, the initial, like, the place, the castle, the Indiana Jones minecart ride is... Mm ludicrous but a lot of fun um i just think as well like they i know they've had misses with this series but i just think they've done an overall a really good job of like reinventing it you know changing it yeah since seven they've really been on a bit of a roll haven't they because they've done the remakes and yeah you know the village and then this as well yeah, I like I like the kind of two two tone of it. The fact that you know you've got the sort of the main entrance now, which are the the first person. Although potentially at the end of that kind of little thread, I mean, I guess they've got one more to go at least. But potentially, you know, you know where that is at mm. and what they're going to do next, and then these remakes. But yeah, um, but yeah, I, I loved it. I just think it's a really a bit like Biohazard uh, Seven where it's yeah. like very different, but it is still resonant, you know, because there's like, considering like one, two and three, no zombies, no, you know, yeah. no, no tank controls, no tight corridors, wide open spaces, massive yeah. amount of enemies on rails bits, you know, in the original, there's a lot of quick time events. They've kind yeah. of been up for the most part now and, you know, uh, retconned a little bit in a good way. It's just, yeah, I, I can't remember the last time I had this much fun just playing a game, is what I would say. Like, so many, like, close calls, so many moments, you know, where I was probably not, you know, not scared, but, like, it's hard to, like, the, the feeling. Like you say, like, like, overwhelmedness of it all. Yeah. You know, there's that bit where you've got a couple, I don't know what they call it, like the berserker-type enemies who are chained up. You've got two right, of those yeah. fucks and yeah. uh, loads of enemies, and they start roaring round i remember doing that and i had about four handgun bullets left and i had one of them (laughs) still charging round. and i think i killed him with two bullets to go and i was just like thank like just moments like that happen quite often and uh yeah it was it was good it was yeah enjoyed it thoroughly 
Excellent. Well, let's do the formalities of Resident Evil 4. Does it go into the Dimp Digital Gaming Gallery, or are we going to leave it outside in the cold bins? We've both got a vote on this, so it'll either go in or go out. If one of us puts it in, it'll go in. If one of us puts it out, it'll still go in if the other one does. So from your perspective, I think I know the answer, but for the sake of getting it on the record, so there's no getting out of this in five years' time, when everyone yep. takes a shit on the remake and goes, oh, it wasn't that good, was it? And you'll go, oh, yeah, it was rubbish. And I go, hang on a minute. Okay. It's in the gallery. So Resident Evil 4, 2023, does it make its way into the gallery for you? Yeah, it does get yeah. it in there. Makes it in for me as well. No brainer in many senses. Now the all important question, where would you like to, how would you like to display it? You can display it with a nice bronze award in your exhibition, a silver award, a gold award, or the godly platinum award. I'd give everything a platinum, then I. Uh, it's <laughs> gonna get uh it's gonna get a gold Resident Evil mm. 4 remake. For I me. I'm gonna completely just copy you and say exactly the same. So two golds for Resident Evil 4. And I think that's where I put Resident Evil 2, citing the campaign to be a bit of a blur on that. Um with this one, it just felt a little bit there's just a few things that annoyed me. I think I just preferred the overall vibe of two as well um but narratively i said it's fine i think this is a better job because it's just a single story rather than trying to do campaign a and campaign two or whatever they were doing with resident evil 2 a little bit clunky at times but still a really great game even in 2023 you can kind of see that the, the game's holding up and i think it's been modernized a fair bit though i mean those saying oh the originals would stand up today i don't no, I'm not going to agree with that. I know Adkins will. Well, Adkins even said he sort of teleported himself back in time to. He, you know, I'll judge it on what was going on back then. And he can't even remember what happened last week. So, <laughs> how he's managed to come up with that and give it a gold, I don't know. But Resident Evil Four, I think, sir. If you, if for whatever reason you didn't get this and you enjoyed the other remakes, I just don't see how you wouldn't necessarily enjoy this one. Yeah, it's got a bit more action in it, but it's still tense. It's still consistently testing you throughout and it has all the hallmarks of of great modern resident evil in my view agreed i've got a couple of last minute questions probably should have got these in before what would, what did you do like weapon wise because it's obviously quite it's mm. kind isn't it you can upgrade as much as you want and sell and almost get all your i think you get like 90 percent of it yeah. back yeah it's like you don't really lose a lot by doing that um yeah, so I picked basically a not the not the first handgun, but a, a second handgun that I found, yeah. which I think had just had the most power. And I was like, mm-hmm. I want power over accuracy here. Like I knew I could just work around any of the, you know, the the crap coming back and the you know the, the struggle with aiming. So I went for that. Um, obviously, got to have some form of shotgun in there, and if there's various upgraded ones coming through. I upgraded. Then again, I was going for power and all this stuff. Like I was just thinking more bang yeah. for my buck where possible. Um, I used the um, the light machine gun or whatever you'd call it, the sort yeah. of like Uzi type weapon, more than I thought I would, and really only ever used that when I've randomly picked up, you know, weapons for it. Obviously, at some point, you know, when if you can find or buy a magnum, that's always useful just for those final stages, just to make that a little bit easier because it gets a bit crazy as all these games do. Um, but genuinely, I was just pumping a lot of points into power. I was upgrading the knife, which is breakable, but you can repair it and upgrade it. I put the durability of that up. Um, 
and then also the the body armor i felt like that was a useful tool to have just to avoid the amount of damage that i was that i was taking so yeah towards the back end i didn't buy many new weapons from the merchant um i was doing all of the side quests i've done all the treasures yeah. found all that that's kind of it took me about i think it took me 20 hours to do the game in total i think that's what my time clocked in at so i was spending a fair old amount of time just searching through the game itself one other negative, and I think this is maybe the main thing that may have cost me, giving it the full sort of grade, plus the other things, was there. there's moments in the game where you're locked off from going back to certain areas yep. and environments. And throughout the game, the, the merchant, who's he's great in this, um, he's, he's an excellent character. He doesn't really have much lore behind him, but he's just a nice lad to bump into. He will say, uh, if you've got other things to do, best do them now or live to regret it, all this sort of cryptic bollocks that he talks in, whilst having a very, I would say, cockney accent tied to his, his character. So anyway, he says that throughout. So as soon as he said that the first time, I was like, okay, it's a nice trigger for me to go back and just clean up if I wanted to do that. Like, if I've missed the treasure, I've missed something, rather than, you know, the game unlocking a new area, and that's kind of how I played it. Anyway, there's, there's a part of the game where it, it did that but you couldn't go back you couldn't go back <laughs> to the, the earlier area of it and i was a bit like why are you saying this now like there's a part before it where you can probably about 15 minutes before that's sort of like the true no return and yet he kept his mouth shut there and so i had to reload an earlier save probably blew about i'm gonna waste an hour and a half in total just trying to go back, couldn't realise I couldn't, then reloading from 40 minutes ago, then obviously having to go off and do like the side stuff that I'd, I thought I was going to go back and do. So that did irritate me, I must say. When, That's so weird. Especially when they've, they've kind of implemented it as a rule throughout and then suddenly, you know, you can't do it. And I even looked it up. I was like, maybe I missed the way to go down or get out of this area. And as far as I could tell, you couldn't. So just be warned if you're looking to do a sort of a first run of all the treasures and the side quests, just clear it up as much as you can before you go. And, you know, the, the, the merchant will tell you, but there is a point where he wouldn't. So that wasn't an irritant. But anyway, he's asking about weapons. I don't know how I got onto that, but that's, <laughs> that's where the tangent's gone. No, and then I guess last question for me would just be like, what, what do you want next out of these mm. remakes? Obviously, you've not played as many as me, but you've obviously pretty well versed on what else there is out there and obviously you're not going to go back and play those ogs so anything no. you'd like to see remade now it's always going to be resident evil og mm -hmm. i just think yeah and that surely wouldn't be as expensive as for like they don't have to i think they're a bit scared of it being too short or not you know how Resident Evil 3 basically mm. got slagged off for being too short and they're charging yeah. full price? I wonder whether it's just something... They can't think of a way to meaningfully expand it and be happy with it because I don't remember the first one being that short. Like, most people clock it in about nine hours, but this is double the length now and it kind of... Look, yeah, the third one was strange, though, because they obviously cut... Yeah, yeah. That for, for basically no reason. The, you know, mm. Two was a huge success. I think it was a timing thing, or I heard that they were originally going to do maybe both of them as a package. I don't know what the yeah. reasoning was. It made no sense to me just to cut it. Um, yeah, one from I mean, yeah, I mean, you can speed run all these games, yeah, so quick, quick, especially on a second run and whatnot. But I think one is, you know, you you don't have the well, you do have an A and B campaign, but it's not as different as two. No, but I would still say it's. Similar length to two, maybe. maybe. Yeah, like, you're, you're probably right. Yeah, I, I, 
that's what I would want anyway. But I just got a feeling they won't do it. Maybe it's not for the reasons I highlight. Maybe it's just because they're like, we've done it. We've remade it once. Mm. And it's like, well... 20 years ago again now, though, isn't it? So Exactly. And that, you think how how what they could do with that mansion with, like, yeah. the fidelity and the atmosphere, the light. It, like, mm. They could make that game proper scary, proper claustrophobic, yeah. like old older school back to sort of like Resident Evil 2 levels of, yeah, you know, in a modern take. I just always think that's the one that, then you can just sell one through four and say these are the the four best ones, yeah. and then yeah. what you do with five and six, I don't know. Um, I don't know how much appetite there is for five or six. I mean, you could you could do them and make them better, and then people would have less of a sour yeah. taste in them. Particularly with six, which we are unfortunate enough to play through. Um, but I still think you're just missing that original, like the origins yeah. of it all. It's like let's go back and do that. What about you? Because I know you've played a lot of the side, the, the sort of non. Um, numbered entries which uh some people say equally is good but yeah. yeah you've got so you've got one veronica and zero yep would be the ones like the old school ones to complete this out i mean and uh, veronica was mainline i mean i guess zero was as well but they didn't feel it as much because i guess mm. they were tied to one console those ones they not everyone got a chance to play them um and yeah agree with you like one is the obvious choice just bizarre that they started this whole with two with two i mean it's not because that was you know it's a great game that and it yeah. just got a great remake but now we've had it continued on it it would feel a bit odd going back to one um but yeah obvious choice yeah and then five and six are the more difficult ones because obviously they are more modern mm. and they're not especially six is, is a poor game so you were doing <laughs> a lot of changes there to make that would they, guess, would they still do the free campaigns, do you think, with six? <laughs> God knows. But arguably, the ones that probably need to remake the most because yeah. they're not the best. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I like this. Though. I like the fact you've got that mainline series, then these remakes, and they're coming out relatively often. So I, I, whatever they do, I think they're, they're on a good street, Capcom. So just long may it continue. I just remember when people used to call them Crapcom, like not too yeah. many years ago. They were on a real downward spiral Ooh. and then... Yeah. Really, with Resident Evil Two and Monster Hunter World, like yeah. they've the Monster Hunter Rise, it's come out since then. They're really they're back. Street yeah. Fighter Five, I know, Street it was a bit Fire, of, a, yeah. of a downward turn because it's a yeah. bit bare bones at launch. We've got Six, which yeah. seems like it's imminent. So they are uh, they're doing a good job. They're one of the few Agreed. developers and publishers that are just sort of everything they they're touching just seems to be good or great. Like they just don't seem to miss. And, the, and these are all like legacy franchises like people that have a lot of nostalgia for a lot of love for yeah and they're just doing such a great job with them they're handling them so well as you look at others with the likes of halo not handling them so well and uh an yeah. army another one sitting on gold get that kojima back yeah it's got to be done Come isn't on. it castlevania get them out there i mean we i think within the week or so maybe a couple of weeks we're going to find out a lot more about what Konami are up to. There's rumours that MGS3 remake, Castlevania game. Oh, um, really? What's that other? What's the one they did? Is it Silent Hill, their one? Yeah, mate, yeah. they'll be what are those Kinchinku machines or whatever, though. Kinchinkos, yeah. They'll fucking blow no, I think they're. I think they're making a comeback to video games. We've seen there's money uh, to be made. Hopefully. But, but we have to wait and see on those. But yeah, Capcom, the kings of Japan at the moment. They're just Great. doing such a good job with all their stuff. Whilst others do good, bad, good, bad, 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 good. But we'll see about Resident Evil 4. I think there's um, 
DLC that'll be coming because there was for the yeah. original. So we expect to see that. I still haven't played the Resident Evil Village DLC, which I should get to. No, I've not. Um, it's actually third person as well, so it probably won't feel as alien as playing, you know, four can sort of jump back into it. But didn't hear great things about it, but, you know, I'll finish it off, get that little story ticked off. But there we go. Any final thoughts on Resident Evil, Capcom, or any remakes? No, that's it for me. Excellent. So Resident Evil 4 2023 earns itself a nice gold rating from both myself and Mr. Pac-Man Adcock. You can find us on your favourite podcast app, on YouTube, Facebook pages lurking. There's a Twitter page, Instagram, not really much going on. It's just posting when these episodes go live. But Idle Game Chat is usually available weekly unless there's a bank holiday for us to put our feet up. Anyway, nothing more for us to say here other than thanks for your time and ta-da. This was a Dimp Digital production.